You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I am joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. And not only is it the last word on Spurs, it is the last show before Christmas, the last show of the year, the last show of the decade for Spurs this year on Love Sport Radio. We will be back in the new year. It's been emotional. It's been emotional. And what a way to send us out as we open up the advent calendar because we have two hours of Spurs fans, two hours of the Spurs fan show, and there is so much to get into. And we thought, what better way to go out on a high than have the full team, the full squad down in the building, send us out. And to start off in the first hour, we kick off with a bang. It is Ricky Sachs, Chris Cowling, and very special guest. And we're so glad, me personally, definitely, to welcome her back. Katrina Law. Oh, hello, and thank you so much. And uh, can I just say thank you for the chocolates? It's a definite upgrade on the normal biscuits. So the Thornton's Continental are now open, people. Jason's just terrified they're all going to get eaten in the first hour, I reckon. Guaranteed. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Definitely. We'll we'll definitely make sure that we make our way through those in the first hour. But we are (laughs) going to be talking about a whole host of things. And more importantly, you can have your say tonight. You tweet us at Love Sport Radio or you call us 0208 7020 558. Lots to be talking about. Hashtag justice for chips. We may even see where we're at with that movement now. Let it go. Because it is a big, big movement. (laughs) (laughs) Just as we uh, just I'm completely thrown because I can see through the window that Jason McGovern, who will be on in the second hour, he might not. I'll get VAR to have a look. We may send him off. He's saying, don't eat those chocolates, but we will be eating the chocolates. So much for us to look forward to. We're going to be talking about the Chelsea game a little bit later, that game with Wolves and uh, Tottenham's Champions League opponents are now in the know is RP Leipzig. What do we make of that draw? Could have been maybe a lot worse uh, for Spurs, but obviously uh, RP are going very well in the Bundesliga. So much to talk about, but we want to do a little bit. We'll start at the very top, and Katrina is here, so why not? The Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust Review of the Year. Katrina, not just the year, the decade, (laughs) I suppose, but how has it been for you this year? 
This year has been probably the most crazy and certainly the busiest of my, well, coming up to seven years on the Trust Board now. I think two major things stand out for me. If we think back to the start of the year in January, we were still playing at Wembley, guys. Yeah. Can you remember yeah. that? We didn't know when the stadium was going to be finished. <laughs> we had all the issues with like having to resell, rebuy your tickets and all the refund mechanisms and just the general disillusionment around, around Wembley. And then everything changed in March when the club finally and announced that that stadium will be opening. So moving into April and the opening game against Palace, I mean, I think that's a night that all of us will mm, remember forever. 100%. That was a sensational evening as a Spurs fan. It just, you know, the, the hairs on your, on your neck stood up, it, the goosebumps when we did the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the fireworks and everything. It was just unbelievable. But as a trust, obviously crazy times because everything's changed then. Your entire match day experience as a fan has changed. The ticketing procedure, your access cards, your checks on the podiums, your mm. routes to the ground, Everything inside chips prices. The chips. Well, well, there were no <laughs> chips all prices. Cats then. All cats fault was when it goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, a, a brand new catering offering. You know, trying to find your new seat, new stewarding staff, and the club were bedding down as well, and the, the staff there were bedding down into the new stadium as well as as the fans. So it's fair to say there were some teething problems, as you would expect when you're moving into a brand new arena. And I think when we compare it to other clubs who have moved stadium. We've actually not done too badly. I think we settled down pretty quickly now. The casework that we were handling back in April has reduced in volume, which is great because that means the club are finally getting things right, and it means that the fan and the, the fans and the club have adapted to the way that the new stadium's working. Obviously, there are still issues to iron out as we move into 2020, but I think we're moving in the right direction. So that was one thing, one massive piece of work. Probably the second huge piece of work was the Champions League final because that was a game we'd never expected to be having to organise. So just, you know, from the very ticketing procedures right through to getting everybody over there, the logistics, all the way through to the bird strike on the Thomas Cook plane on the morning of the actual <laughs> match. And then just the issues we had over there in Madrid. We were working closely um, with Football Sports Europe and with UEFA. And since then, and obviously with Liverpool's fan groups, Borussia Shankly. And since then, we've carried on that work, lobbying UEFA to take responsibility for their blue ribbon competition in terms of you know criteria for selecting stadia infrastructure ticket pricing all that kind of stuff that's ongoing work but it was a hugely intense and a, a big volume of work for us to do in like the three weeks since Ajax and then moving into Madrid so they were the two kind of standout moments for the year and then obviously all the business as usual rumbling underneath we've had obviously VAR introduced so we've had to feedback fan view on that to the Premier League which has been quite interesting we've made some progress on standing uh, we'll see if we can push that forward next year again in 2020. I think that's a very important piece of work. And there's you know, other things that are happening on a national level too. So that's kind of us over the year, I think. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, what I was really interested to get Kat's thoughts on, because we haven't had a chance to bring her down to the studio, is just the managerial change. As we know, Maurizio Pochettino was hugely popular uh, amongst supporters. Obviously, there were some that did feel a change needed. I mean, to be fair, I went on record and said, Chaz, for me, after that Sheffield United game, I couldn't really see where Spurs were going to be able to change it under Maurizio. As much as I was desperate for the man to try and change it, we all wanted the mm. trophies to come under him. I just thought it came to a point where Daniel Levy said it today that he felt he needed a divorce from that man. He also said there's a possibility in the future of him coming back to the club and me being a maybe a romantic. I would love to see that. After we've won the quadruple, after we've won many trophies under Mourinho, I would love Maurizio to come back when he's managed by Munich, he's won some trophies and he's a, a winning mentality manager. I just wonder for maybe for Chris as well, I mean, Chris, we were both 
of the mindset, I suppose, towards the end that we wanted him to turn it around. But unfortunately, now you look at the progress Mourinho's made, it seems like we did make the right choice. Well, it's strange for me because Daniel Levy's done this interview with uh, Evening Standard. And the, the last um, sentence here is, but I will never give anyone any particular targets. Well, if he's not given anyone any particular targets, why did Maurizio Pochettino get the sack? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the past four seasons of guiding us to Champions League football year in, year out, and the Champions League final on the 1st of June, which none of us thought that we would be getting into a Champions League final. Uh, absolutely fantastic event. Um, and for what he achieved at the football club, me personally, I would have given him more time. Um, very, very surprised. And we've said this you know, a number of times. When that announcement came through on my phone, it was like someone had died. Family member, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah. and it was, I just felt absolutely awful. And then, of course, lots of people went to bed that night with Maurizio Pochettino mm. getting the sack. What was the point you made that if you was on a plane somewhere like you know for, for 10 or 11 <laughs> hours, you, yeah. would have, you would have got on that plane with Pochettino being your manager yeah. and then come off that plane with Mourinho being the new head coach. But it was like everyone went to bed with that very sad news and everyone's feeling very sad about it. And then when they've woken up, uh, there's Mourinho holding up the top and show and everyone was like, oh my God, what on earth has just happened? But, yeah. um, you know, we said... Uh, a couple of weeks before it happened um, over in the pub who would have been our first choice we both said Mourinho as Tottenham manager yeah. and both of us said Mourinho yeah. so you know he's, he's had a very good start <laughs> he's had a good start and uh, it will be interesting now um, to see if we do spend money in January Kat what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, no pressure um, First of all I will say how shocked I was uh, when I heard that Maurizio had uh, had got the heave ho basically um we had no heads up as a trust and I, I really don't want listeners to think that that's me saying i'm really important and our board should have been told it's just basically once you've written that web story and it's about to go live just give us a courtesy heads up because mm. we're the recognized fan group and our phones are going to start going off the hook yeah. the second that news comes out do other trusts so, get that cat of interest would they have got I, a heads up other managers who don't know i don't <sighs> In other sports, that's happened, but I don't know of a trust because it depends on the level of relationship with their club. And actually, um, for all that you might think that we push against our club, we do work with them quite closely mm-hmm. and we have one of the stronger relationships in the Premier League. Now, that's the bar's probably set quite low, but we do. But just based on the conversations that we'd had, we were with um, Daniel Levy and, and the board of Tottenham in mid-October and the results hadn't been great for a while. So there were the murmurs of the leavers against the remainers mm. on social media. So the people who don't go to any games and just decided that they'd get a bit loud. Mm. Uh, as a trust, we didn't have one person write to us saying that they wanted Pochettino to leave. That was the level of support. Right until the end, Kat? No, none. No, nobody no. ever wrote to us at all. Mm. But conversely, we had over a thousand people contact, contact us asking for the forwarding address to send letters of thanks and best wishes mm. for the future so I think that speaks volumes mm. but it came completely out of the blue to us because the conversations we've been having with the board were all around hold your nerve hold your nerve ride this period out hold your nerve so I was absolutely gobsmacked so obviously we had to put something out into the public domain quite quickly which is never an ideal situation because as a fan you're <laughs> quite in shock like you said you feel like a family member yeah, yeah, yeah. passed away and then you're obviously getting all the media and then you're obviously having to be professional and talk to the nine other people on the board and come up with a statement so I think we, we tried to be as fair as possible which was thank Maurizio and his backroom staff and his team for everything they'd done for us over that five and a half years because they were incredible times and I think the thing that upset me the most um, from the reaction from 
sections of our fan base was the collective amnesia. Everyone seemed to forget how great he'd been for us and the two seasons he'd managed us when we didn't have a home mm. stadium mm. And, and just, you know, getting us into the Champions League year after year after year and we have no God-given right to be there. So that kind of upset me. So our main concern was that we made a new appointment quickly, but also that the club actually showed some respect to their fans, not just the trust, but their fans, and explained their thinking now that their, you know, their five-year vision, this plan that they'd spoken so much about over the past five years, had ended. So what was the new plan? And, and, and they needed to come out and tell us what their vision was for the future. And they, they obviously appointed Mourinho very quickly. So that part of the equation was done. But they still not answered those very basic questions. You know, what, ha- what have we learned from the Poch era? What is going to change in terms of their structure there and their setup? Who's now in charge of transfers? Who's now in charge of those decisions and signings? How are they going to safeguard against us being in a worse position in three years' time? Because with the best will in the world, we all know that Mourinho is a three-year manager. By season three, Mm. everything's just out of the window. So that's kind of where I am. Now, I think you were asking me about Mourinho and the transfer window and Levy's comments today. How much money we spend? Do you know what? Look what there's a saying: a leopard doesn't change its spots. He's been our chairman now for what eighteen years. When have we ever got out and blown a load of money apart from the bail money, which he's like actually scarred by, because we spent a lot of money and it didn't work out. So I would expect him to probably sign one or two token players. But if you think that he's going to give Mourinho a massive war chest, that's not happening. What about to the fans that think Mourinho only took this job because he would have been promised the the war chest or the war kit, the two hundred million? I can't see that. I mean, for me, obviously people that come up to me and go, oh, Mourinho's odds on. And I was like, you're crazy. I've, I know Daniel. There's no way they can work together. They're polar opposite as people. Mm. So I'm actually gobsmacked they've got this far down the line, to be honest. In, in fairness as well, when Mourinho took over, he said very, very quickly, I'm happy with the squad I've got. Yeah, and he's reiterated yeah. that, Chris, hasn't he? He said that yeah. time and time again. So clearly that was a conversation he's had with Daniel Levy to mm. say there might not be much money, who knows? But then also, I think from the outside perspective, Mourinho has watched this Spurs squad closely. Mm. And again, it's I think it's public knowledge now that even though the appointment of Mourinho came less than 24 hours after Pochettino, there were talks ongoing between maybe intermediaries for a good two or three weeks beforehand. So Mourinho kept an eye on this team. He knew what he was getting. And I think when you talk about the cycle coming towards an end, there's still a lot of quality players there. Hummin Son, Deli Ali, Harry Kane. There's still, you know, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Adeviral. There's still some really good players at the football club. And when we talk about the rebuild, yes, there's a, a, an element to the rebuild, but I think we as fans got caught up in that element of rebuild. There's still enough quality and it just needs, an, I know, two or three players. But Rick, two of those players you've just mentioned, they're out of contract at the end yeah, of the of season, course, including Christian Eriksen. So, um, they may re- stay though, Chris, now with this particular head coach. You never know. And just very quickly, Kat, because yes. you said you didn't get that, that heads up, no, you no. know, a little courteous call. Did the phone start ringing off the hook? And, and what oh was God. that like for you in that moment? Uh, yeah, so I've spent the next 24 hours fielding media and obviously I'm in a day job. So fortunately, <laughs> my um, my colleagues who were retired or had the time off managed to do as Mickey was on Sky and, and ITV, BBC think, yeah, and ITV yeah, yeah. With, with Rachel Martin yeah, on our board. Yeah. Um, Pete Hain did all the Sky stuff for yeah. us. Mm. Uh, Martin Bahaja, Martin Cloak. So basically it was divide and conquer and just do as much mm. media as possible. But we were inundated. Obviously it was a massive, massive story. And that 
that's kind of when they're looking for fan reps. You know, we, we always have to be careful in that moment because it's not Cat the fan saying no, how she yeah. feels about Poch or how she feels about Mourinho or how she feels about Levy. Mm. I'm an elected representative, an elected member of the trust board, and I have to be accountable for what I say. Mm. So I think that's kind of the attraction for journos as well because, you know, we are, we've got weight behind they're what They're hanging what on your say. every word as well, though, Cat, aren't they? They're hanging on every, every word to some degree. Ricky. They, should, they should get out more. <laughs> well, we're, we are definitely hanging on you every word, Katrina. It's honestly so so good to have you with us. Just the insight we get to maybe a, a different perspective for us to look at what was happening when those changes were being made. Very quick, as Chris said, you know, you went you went asleep very sad. Uh, Maurizio had gone and you wake up. Mourinho is there. Obviously, the change so sudden in that one. We're going to be talking a little bit more about it and that January transfer window and the look towards the game with Chelsea. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joining the studio with the last word on Spurs. What a Christmas show we're having. We're getting in the festive spirit. I'm joined by Ricky Sachs, Katrina Law and Chris Cowling. We were just talking about the difficult challenge, maybe, that the Supporters Trust have had this year. We're now going to talk a little bit about that Champions League quarterfinal draw. But firstly, you are a big part of the show. We always read your questions and take your calls. And now, once again, you've joined us. Adrian, you have called us. And I know you want to talk a little bit about the January transfer window. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Merry Christmas, guys, by the way. Merry uh, Christmas, Adrian. Thanks for all your support this year. We've really, really appreciated oh, continue it. To Thank it. you. Don't worry. You're a diamond. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that in January, Lacelso will be definitely signed. That deal will be finalised. The reason I say that is because it's only £27.5 million. And to be fair, it makes good commercial sense. You could buy him in January. You could sell him for more the next day. But what I really wanted to talk about is whether the club will false... Ericsson and Rose to leave in the January transfer window. Now, the reason I say that is because we've got the Euros coming up at the end of this season. Rose needs to be playing if he's going to maintain an England place. And so does Ericsson, although he's not under threat for Belgium, really, but he still needs game time. So I think if Levy's ruthless and he wants to get in some money, he can say to Rose and Ericsson with the agreement, Marino, look, you're getting no more game time at Spurs. So the choice is you leave it January or you sit, you sit it out and you don't get any games. And that way that would bring money in for them as well as Wanyama. What do you think? Uh, I don't see Danny Rose leaving at all, Adrian. Um, I think that Danny Rose will see out his contract and leave in the summer of 2021. He said that on a number of occasions. And uh, I think that that will be the case. Uh, I don't see that Danny Rose would be our first choice left back uh, for everything that's happened and and his form and everything. But what worries me about Tottenham going forward is the defence at the moment because Toby and Jan, of course, are out of contract. Serge Aurier, you don't know what Serge Aurier is going to turn up in a game. Uh, And then, of course, Danny Rose as well. Um, It does worry me. I just hope that we have the investment to to put into the defence. Well, I think... Out of her old will sign an extension, and I'm just wondering. My, you know, I agree what you say. You make a fair point. I'm just thinking, like, does Rose care about an England place? I mean, to, because if he's not going to play, he's not going to make the squad. So would he then think twice and think, okay, I'll go in January? I just wonder how detrimental it would be for Arthur bringing him back in, Adrian, because Rose has looked so poor this season when he's played. I just think for Danny and for Spurs, both need a refresh. Danny needs to get a fresh club. I think for Spurs, mm. they need to look to the future now. Ryan Sessegnon looks like a really promising player. Well, obviously, there's been a lot of links to fullbacks coming up. I think you know, for Danny, as I said, I think he needs a fresh start and Spurs need to move on now. I think this is under Mourinho. It's an, a next generation of a team. And yeah, it's about getting rid of the old. I mean, I, I still think... 
I agree with what you're saying. I think Alderweireld may re-sign his contract. But Tonga's an interesting one again. These players aren't getting any younger, but centre backs are definitely something Spurs need to look at because of the nature of um, of the ages of Vertonghen and Alderweireld. 100. percent Yeah, well, I see Foyt. I mean, it's interesting to see that Jose played Foyt as a centre back against Bayern, didn't he? So I think he sees him as a centre back and as a right back. Yeah, I mean, I think Foyth is. It'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, he ruled out the possibility of Foyth going out on loan. So I mean, hopefully he's got a massive future at the club. I know, obviously, when Maurizio was here, he saw Foyth as maybe potentially being a right back. He never got the opportunity to really integrate him into that position. But um, with Mourinho, who knows what the plan is? You know, we have seen him develop players when that old. That old myth of Mourinho not developing players, he developed players like Varane, McTominay at Manchester United. So I think with Foyth, it's one to watch, definitely. Adrian, we really appreciate you giving us a call tonight. And, uh, oh, Adrian, before you go, could you uh-huh. choose a chocolate that Chris has to eat, please? So either a tangy <laughs> orange cream, a strawberry dream, or a country fudge. They're roses. A, B, or C. Not Danny roses, it just roses. Adrian, I'm sure you're aware. We ask the important questions on this show. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Is, is he calorifically challenged? <laughs> uh, not at all. Um, but I'd be offended Chris, by that question if I'm honest. Again, it's Sunday. Uh, yeah. Given the fat name one, then. <laughs> okay, lovely. So I'm, g- I'm going to go with the orange, if that's all right with you guys. Lovely, thank yeah. you. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Adrian, <laughs> really, really appreciate you calling on. And Adrian, thank you for calling every show. I know the last word yeah, on Spurs. Thank you so really much. Appreciate. Have a good Christmas and, and a good New Year, Adrian. I'm sure we'll speak to him in the New Year. Definitely think with that question, my uh, broadcasting career definitely went up a step. Yeah, what, a country now, fudge or the... Yeah, uh, without the a shadow of that, something I'm definitely going to get on the tombstone. Please to help. <laughs> thank you, Katrina. I knew you would. Let's quickly <laughs> talk then about about the Champions League draw because we was all guessing last week who could it be who did we want who did we want to avoid because there were some big ties there but it was RP Leipzig what did you make of that Ricky? Yeah I mean listen they're, they're not a bad team whatsoever I think it's a team we've got to keep our top eye on top of the Bundesliga top of the Bundesliga Timo Werner top scorer and you know I suppose towards the end of that draw they would have been the favourable team you would have wanted but we saw Spurs last season we I think relished being the underdogs against mm-hmm. the likes of Ajax and towards the end Manchester City. So I just does concern me a little bit that RB may play on that tag slightly. But I think Spurs over two legs with the calibre of head coach we've got in Jose Mourinho. This man is his competition. Players, naturally, you get you get yourselves up for it. They should all be 100% wanting to do well in it. And I would expect Spurs to progress based on who we've got in charge and the team we're going to have. And who knows, we might get a couple of January transfers in as well. Oh, he's already got in the January transfer. <laughs> well, we're not even there, Katrina, honestly. Chris brought up first to Cat, and I'm just carrying it on. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Excuse me. Chris, what, do you, what did you make of the draw? Whoever you get in the Champions League yeah. is going to be a difficult game, isn't yeah. it? You, no easy games in the Champions League. But, um, yeah, I believe that we will go through. Um, but... They are six points clear of Bayern Munich, and mm-hmm. Bayern Munich tore us apart in, in, yep. in both games. It doesn't always carry over, does it? That no. league from into Europe, but I understand. No, but they are the German league leaders, and mm-hmm. you know that you're not there for, for no reason. You're there because you're a quality team. So it will be a hard game, but yeah, hopefully we can get a good result in the home league. Yeah, I think they're a really interesting prospect. I have to say. I mean, I don't know a vast amount. They're about newcomers, them. aren't they, Captain? This. Well, they were only established ten years ago when yeah. Red Bull decided to buy a team, and I, mm. I, I just think of the uproar around MK Dons, and imagine yeah. if that had happened over here. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to be a bit of a geek now and, and investigate a little bit more about their fan culture because I'm, I'm quite interested as to how the rest of the Bundesliga no, trip, react to, <laughs> to Leipzig. Um, yeah, but they but have been the champions. they hated, aren't they, well, this is, Yeah, 
So mm. I find that quite interesting. Uh, but their gates are, are pretty good. So their average gate last season was 39,000 or so. Oh. Their stadium is about 42. Mm. So we should get just over 2,000 tickets if they give us the 5% allocation, which isn't a lot. So that's a bit of a drawback. Uh, I was going to pick up on Ricky's point. Uh, get used to not being the underdog. We have yeah, Jose Mourinho as our manager. That, well, we are no longer ever an underdog. No. So we need to be professional and move up a gear on this, mm, which I is fine. So. But I think it will be a, a really fascinating game. Logistically for the fans, it's been, <laughs> we, put out, we spoke to the club about putting on some official travel because since Thomas Cook's sport went under, they haven't provided anything for European away trips. And the difficulty here is that there isn't a direct flight. And that's fine for us guys. You know, we're, we're cool to just fly into Berlin, get the train or do whatever. We're, we're quite resourceful. But I think we always need to be mindful that there are a contingent of our fans who do need more help with transport. Ignore these two. They've been very really rude to me. No, I don't think so. I was laughing at the comments. Well, okay, yeah. I, I, people can just be a bit, a bit mean, really. There are, some people value an official trip because it's quicker, it's more convenient, or they've, they've got more mobili- like mobility challenges trip. or whatever. Um, so that's created a few issues. Sport options are doing a trip for two nine nine. If you want to go on that, Kat, can I just say, yes, on no. the on the thirtieth of May when yes. Tottenham are in the Champions League final, yes, right, and our stadium is now going to be filled oh, with Guns and Roses. Roses fans. I know. What's that all about? I know. I know. Well, there'll be no bean back, will there? We've got wow. a Joshua fight there well, as well. Yeah, and what about it? Have you heard any anything about that? I know we're sort of about Guns and Roses in the no, Champions no, League fight. And, and any Joshua fight? Oh no, God, Spurs. no! I've heard nothing about that. Right. But I look, I didn't even hear that Pochi got the sack. So you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Completely across it. <laughs> Katrina, that means all my questions are now going to waste. The credibility of this show's gone up. Yeah, there we go. Uh, what roses do you want to eat, and, and how much do we know at the Tottenham? Country <laughs> fudge, here we come. Trust? Absolutely. Talking of the draw, though, <laughs> Katrina, you mentioned something that was really interesting, and you just are mentioned. You sure? that, yeah, I am sure. Why are you always? Oh, thanks, you're, you're so modest. You're, you're, you're playing yourself down far too much. <laughs> but you said we have to remember now we're not going to be the underdog yeah, because yeah. we have Jose Mourinho. Uh-huh. And one of the things that was labelled against this Spurs size was they kept getting to the final you know forever for the bride you know they needed to get over the line now they've got Mourinho mm-hmm. even the way you speak it's just that mentality it's completely changed we've got him the mentality is different yeah well I feel that the whole dynamic between the fans and the manager has massively changed for Pochettino I think it was an emotional connection um, he really understood us as a club and I think when he was on his knees on the pitch at Ajax after that semi-final win mm-hmm. crying every tear every breath yeah. we felt with him because the unity was something that was really very special and I think that's why we felt his departure quite so acutely. I look at Mourinho, he's on his knees at Molyneux at the weekend after the last minute winner against Wolves and that was also great but the connection isn't there. Would it ever be in time, Kat, for you? Could it ever become that in time? I don't don't think so. I think Mourinho is a professional he, he's a winner. I think we have now entered a business relationship with him. He's there to get results. It's a results business. As long as he gets the results, the fans are on side. But I don't think there'll be much credit in the bank if he stops getting those results. So the whole mentality needs to change. It's, it's needed to change in the club yeah. anyway. But I'm a, I, I now feel far more professional towards my team and my manager than I used to do under Pochettino. It was an emotional fan relationship and now it's a business relationship. But the, 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 the expectation level from every single fan now we all expect, we expect the to win, trophies we? to come. We expect to win. Yeah, and absolutely. A, and, a, and as I said, you know, not winning a league title since '61 and FA Cup '91. Mm. Yeah. Um, last European trophy '84, and then the last trophy we've actually won 2008. It's far too long. But all of us are expecting him to deliver. Yes. So if he doesn't deliver. Then who can? Well, the, yeah, but there's no hiding place if he doesn't deliver. Because what I mean is that you don't have that goodwill in the bank. 
Do, do you know what I mean? Mm. Obviously, like you said, um, Levy hasn't defined what he considers to be success, yeah. but he made a very ballsy decision. To, it was either do or die. To his, get it was his number one yeah. choice. I have to say it as well. We made it very clear that that was the only man really he was considering for this job was Jose Mourinho. Number one target. Number one target. Yeah, yeah, and then when you look at who who Arsenal are trying to bring in, and well, you realise that it's a coup mm. for us. It really is. Uh, and, and please don't misunderstand me here. I'm not. Mm. I'm not anti Mourinho. Yep. Do I feel that he's a natural fit for my football club? No. Mm. But can I actually say that he's put a foot wrong since he came in? No, he said all the right things at the right times in the nice right football, ways, football um, and he's entertained me. Mm. But we've won the games that I would expect Tottenham to win, and we've lost the games that have been more challenging. So Sunday for me is massive. Yeah, mm. Sunday is massive. We're going to be giving you a full preview of that game. Obviously, Chelsea on the weekend, Lampard versus Jose. It's got so many factors into this game. Kat, can I just quickly ask because you mentioned you say now I look at my team in a much <laughs> more be on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I look at my team in a much more professional way. I've no control over this show, as, as you're, you're fully aware. <laughs> But you know, I'm, I'm looking at you in a much more professional way. Exactly. And I'm looking Thank at you. Ricky and Chris here, <laughs> yeah. the, the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. They've had way too many E numbers. Yeah. These are going away. The Chocolate Brothers. Cat, uh, you said you look at your team now in a much mm. more professional way. And when yeah. it was with Maurizio, it was much more emotional. Yes. Is that such a good thing, though? Because you no. want that emotional I want connection. the emotion. It feels yeah. completely different to me. Um, I've never, f- well, that's a lie. I went through the entire George Graham era, not, era not singing his name. And, and that was really quite difficult and quite destroying for a fan I can't go through that era again so you know Mourinho is our manager I support the team I back the manager uh, as as we all do but it it feels a different dynamic Uh, and I think yeah it's it's lacking for the lack of emotion that could be a good thing it could be that could be a good thing because we all as fans want the trophies to come yeah and you know, like I said, me and Ricky wanted Jose Mourinho to come in if mm. Maurizio Pochettino was to get the sack because we know he's a winner. He's a proven winner, won mm-hmm. trophies everywhere he's gone and hopefully he can deliver. Yeah, and you know, they say that if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. And I think that Mourinho is a big departure away from us, from our normal manager. Mm. And so the hopefully massive, yeah, yeah, the style that, of, that he'll bring to us and just that extra professionalism and mm. experience may well be what will get us over the line. Mm. And then all of us will be happy. So, you know. Oh, it's exciting times. Will they get that trophy? They're waiting for it. Spurs, a new dawn, a new era, certainly for them under Mourinho. We are still taking your calls this evening, so get in touch. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio. Call us 0208 558. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joining in the studio with a noisy, rowdy bunch this evening, Ricky Sachs, <laughs> Katrina Law and Chris Callum. We were just speaking, obviously, about that Champions League quarterfinal draw and the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust review of the year in short. We're going to be talking a little bit about the stadium naming rights. But firstly, Chris, I just wanted to, uh, to bring up a question because obviously I saw you, uh, you, you graced our TV screens when it was West Ham Tottenham. Now I saw you with your banner. But you mentioned, and it was it was a beautiful sight, but you mentioned that... You Did they think like, it was Poch? <laughs> maybe, possibly. <laughs> possibly, Kat. We, we often do get confused. You mentioned you felt like, not just on that day, but maybe Maurizio didn't quite get the send-off he deserved. He'd been at the football club for five and a half years, achieved great things. Yes, he didn't win us a trophy, but uh, for everything he'd done um, at the football club, he, I think he deserved uh, a decent send-off. Um, Can you it, give a send-off to a man, though, when he's not actually there? He's not at a stadium. It was Mourinho's first game. I, I'm playing devil's advocate here, obviously. I did the banner that day because I thought that I wanted to just say thanks for what he'd done. Mm, yep. Um, and yes, it went on the TV, so I'm sure that Maurizio Pochettino saw that. So he knows that Tottenham fan said, 
thank you very much for what you've done. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I was surprised that there wasn't many more people doing that. And as I just said in the break there mm. uh, to Kat, that I was surprised during that day mm. that everyone didn't sing his name. And then when I mentioned this to a few friends, they were like, Chris, are you mad? Why, why on earth would we sing Pochettino's name uh, when he's not our manager anymore? But I just thought that for... You know that emotional connection, like you, like you spoke to about earlier. Um, I thought of all of that, and, and and this was a very different situation. Yeah. So I felt that that that, that was going to happen. Mm. I just felt that a section of our fans were quite graceless. Sorry about that. Uh, about the departure, it, it, as I said before, there, there seemed to be a bit of an amnesia about what he'd actually done for us, and I don't think it. I don't think it deflects from the current manager to say thank you to the previous manager, especially in the, the manner in which he departed. Uh, and, and I was there with um, my co-chair that day at the West Ham match. And we both said, well, we'd really like to sing He's Magic, you know. But I know that the person behind me is then going to tap me and go, well, he's not a manager anymore. And what did he win? And move on. And we've got Mourinho. And then if somebody else starts singing something about Mourinho, it'll be, but that's disrespectful because Poch only left two days ago or whatever. And <laughs> so it, it's literally the leavers yeah. and the remainers. It's just not yeah. a 48-52. It was about an 80-20 for Poch to stay. Uh, as Chris and I were saying in the break, the, the percentage of regular match-going fans, certainly away match-going fans, who wanted Poch to leave was roughly zero. Yeah. Uh, I, no one ever came up to me at a match and nobody wrote to the trust. And But Poch will definitely know that we were grateful because we've had over a thousand mm. letters and cards and, you know, expressions of thanks. Well, that's gone to afterwards. his personal address, Kat? Uh, absolutely, I've got his per name. He's got, <laughs> gone to a, a, a care of address uh, over at the training ground. That's very nice. It was, it was yeah. weird that day, though, wasn't it? When, when we really won 3-2 at West Ham, um, after the final whistle, um, Jose Mourinho didn't come over to the Tottenham fans. I thought he was very respectful. He was, a, he was respectful, wasn't he? Very yeah. res- respectful. And then a very half-hearted uh, uh, chant uh, mm. of Jose Mourinho's name. I don't yes. know whether you were you, yeah, you no, still yeah, in yeah, the yeah. ground. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, just, it was just such a weird feeling. It was a, but it was a crazy, to be fair, 72 hours, wasn't it? I mean, we yeah. we had a point where we had Pochettino being the manager. Yeah. Like you said, if you was on a plane to a long flight... You would have woke up with Mourinho in charge. Rick. He loves that. But I, think it's, I think it's absolutely incredible. When you look at it like that, I think it's in, insane. But I think now we have got a man in place. And Kat, I totally agree with what you're saying. It is, I think now, it is a business relationship. Yeah, purely. Daniel Levy, and I think Gary Neville mentioned this, I totally agree. When he says a marriage of convenience, Tottenham are at a point now where they are. Best stadium, I think, in the world. Best training ground in the world. One of the best managers in the world. They now need to win trophies. We're at a point now where it's not, we have to attempt best fan shows and best trust well, in the world that, best oh, trust in the world best, best chocolates show. in the world we have to <laughs> win trophies in the world. we have to win trophies how do you keep Harry Kane happy how do you keep Deli Ali? how do you keep Hummin Son how do you keep all these players motivated to go again at Tottenham and the way you do that is you go and get one of the best managers in the world and Spurs have done that now but with that comes the pressure of trophies and Mourinho we've seen in the past he does deliver at every single club he's been at it's a fact isn't it it's a fact but if the chairman doesn't give particular targets to the manager then what? Because what do you think? Okay, in, then Chris, what do you think these targets le- are for? Le- unless we invest an awful lot of money, mm. we are never, ever going to be challenging for the Premier League. But I think with Mourinho in charge now, Spurs will have to spend significantly less than what they would have had to do if Maurizio was still there because many players would have just felt under his tenure it came towards an end. And they would have probably felt, Maurizio would have felt, I had to you know, change the squad. Now with Mourinho being there, I'm not too sure if Alderville doesn't want to stay anymore or Vertonghen doesn't want to stay anymore. They're not getting any younger, don't get me wrong. But I think now, I don't think it's as bad as what it 
may have been if Maurizio had stayed and it could have got even worse. It could have done. Let's be honest but, about it. But Toby Yan, Christian Eriksen, Danny Rose, mm. they are they are four first-teamers. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, over the last, what, three, four, five yeah, years. Yeah, 100%, yeah. So you're going to lose four of those first-team players. So you're talking as if you reckon in your mind it's out of here Vertonghen are gone. It is a big, big rebuild. I think it was, um, you know, quite a big rebuild anyway. Course, but when yeah, you're yeah. losing those sorts of players, mm. are we ever going to be challenging for the Premier League without that... that a lot of investment. I know we definitely need investment, but when I look at the top of our pitch, when you've got Mora, Son, Ali, Kane, I think that's a, you know that's a great Fantastic. front four. And that's I'll tell you what, without those four, Mourinho wouldn't take the job anyway. We know that. But that's we've 100%. said we've said this in the past couple of years. We've only mm. ever been a player or two short but of really, really challenging. Would and he it have was take, such a so shame. Would he have taken this job on, Chris? Then if he didn't feel he was going to get the back in if Spurs do want to win trophies, because Mourinho wouldn't have taken this job, surely, if he's not going to get the back in when you to say, win the trophies. When not. you say trophies, what trophies are you talking? Well, I'm talking, you know, for me, if he's coming to the club, he's not coming to win a Carabao Cup. He's coming, I would like to think, to try and challenge for the Premier League and the Champions League. You don't build that, I mean, Kat, listen, we don't build that stadium. We don't have that training ground, do we, just to, you know, no, we don't, play second-tier competitions. I will be looking very carefully at his squad for the Middlesbrough game. Because I don't criticise Poch often. Mm. I was a big fan of Pochettino. Yeah, of course, yeah. But my major criticism of the him cups. was yeah, yeah. the, the dismissive nature of the domestic mm. cups. And Mourinho needs to get a trophy under his belt at Tottenham. And we've got the FA Cup. And we start at Borough. And he really needs to put out a strong side there. Yeah. I'll be looking at that very, very carefully because that will send us a very clear message it is crazy, as to how it? serious he is about winning silverware. On the point you mentioned there, that with Pochettino, even towards the end, after five years of him being there, how patient he was. And now you say the split fans still wanted to stay. And with Mourinho, of course, rightly so, he's a winner. There's that pressure immediately. He has to field a strong side at Borough. He has to well, go. Well, he doesn't have to, but it will be indicative of yeah, how yeah. he is going to view those cup competitions. But, uh, this is where I think it's different. I think Mourinho will want to win that FA Cup I straight away yeah. to put a trophy in the bank to keep yes. the fans on side. Because he knows that his, he knows yes. that his arrival, it's not 100% Spurs fans are, are all with it. Some fans aren't with it. We know that. And I think that was the only downfall of Pochettino. The, the, uh, not the getting the trophy in the, the bank. The, the, the His attitude of yeah, but you, to you've the changed FA Cup on that, haven't you, Ricky? Because you didn't say that when we had this big cup debate last week. Uh, when we said, you know, I said, me and Jason mm. said he's going to go for the FA Cup. And you went, he's not been brought in to win the FA Cup. No, this year. No, he's going for the Champions yeah, no, League. Now you're no, saying I, no, he's going to go for it. <laughs> I think he. I'll I, never forget. I think he will personally. No, I think he will personally Busted. want to get an FA Cup on board I think he will for his own sake to bide him more time with the supporters but let's make it let's make no bones about it top four is the reason why Mourinho is in this job it is because Spurs need the top four to have that revenue for the Champions League for the signings I mean it's absolutely key otherwise why do you sack Maurizio Pochettino you don't sack him you know because he feels that he's going to go on and win the FA Cup you sack him because Champions League's at risk isn't it yeah absolutely right and I think that they had to really make a move when they did because if they hadn't have done, then top four would absolutely have gone this season. Mm. So I do agree with you. But I think as a trust, we try and steer clear of too much on-field. Mm. It, it's not our remit, and there are well-paid people who make those decisions. However, we do question the board's ambition. And I think that's what's, what, what we're all referring to here now. What is Levy and what is the board's ambition? What, what is their ultimate aim in bringing Mourinho in? Do they want to go for glory to dare us to do, take that title that we haven't won for so many years, so many decades? Mm. Or is top four and a domestic cup good enough? And that's what we like some answers on. Do you remember all these lot uh, saying about Colchester when when we sat here mm. and said 
that I, think I needed we, you the other week. Ricky was he was going sh- against we me. We should have put a decent side out against Colchester. We had a decent bench. They brought the players on. We still didn't win that game. Do you think also, Chris, on that game, you look back now, even if Spurs did progress in that competition, that wouldn't have saved Pochettino's job, would it? It's not just this season. I think mm. that for, for Maurizio Pochettino, he should have put out decent teams in, we'll see, yeah. in the Cup yeah. during his it whole wasn't reign. Just that, though. It was also his selections he made in FA Cup semi-finals, yeah. Son yeah. at left wing-back. And also, like I say, the mentality going into that Champions League final, I just want to say this very quickly, yeah, Chaz, yeah, is yeah, that... No. I think as fans, we got so and Kat, you know, we got so emotionally carried away mm. with getting towards the Champions League final. I think for us, the Ajax game felt like a final, where I felt Liverpool went into it, and of course it was a massive achievement for them to get to the final. But it was all about winning that final. I feel as fans, we were just so grateful to get but there. They been, is it, was that their ninth final? And then won six of them. <laughs> like, we can't even compare it. I know, but what I'm just when we've been they, there nine times, yeah, but, then we might have a different attitude. I know, but I felt we so we felt so grateful to be there that for us getting to the semi final was all about you know we got so emotionally carried away with it, and maybe I think we all woke up, we all wanted to win that final, but I don't know if the players actually believe. Whereas we've got a man in place now that will instil that winning mentality. Absolutely, it's very interesting, especially with that Middlesbrough game. What side will he pull out? How will Spurs do in the FA Cup this year? I do want to talk a little bit about the stadium naming rights, and I think, Kat, hopefully you can shed some light on it too. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs. They get two hours and they are changing at half-time because in we welcome Jamie Brand, Jason McGovern and Lee McQueen. So we've got 15 minutes or so left with Ricky Sachs, uh, Katrina Law and Chris Callan. There is still so much for us to talk about. We're going to be looking at that Chelsea game. But very first, just quickly, there's a lot been made of the stadium naming rights lately. Kat, can you shed any light on this? No. Okay then. <laughs> right, let's look at that <laughs> Chelsea game. Brilliant. All right, then. No, well, no, you, basically, what about the toilets in Belgrade, then? Yeah, so mean. I, I apologise for not taking my building kit with me and building toilets in Belgrade. Uh, naming rights. Obviously, it's been something that's been on the agenda when we've met with the club board, well, since the stadium was going to be built, um, as you can imagine. And in fairness to Daniel, he's given very consistent answers. And the answer that he gave in the evening standard yesterday, I think it was, mm. which is about not being interested until it's the right brand in the right sector at the right price is what he said all along. So that's a very consistent message and that there isn't anybody who's fitted that bill right now. I did have a chuckle to myself though when he wants £25 million a year which would be the biggest deal in the world. But don't forget, now, like, can't maybe that's to dare is to do. Maybe that's mm. where the ambition comes from rather than winning the Premier League title. Oh. Who knows? However, with the, with the best will in the world that is a lot of money. So I think we could be waiting for a short while. But in the meantime, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so Tottenham Hotspur, as a name and as a brand, is everywhere. So that's not doing us any harm. So I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, happy with that as well, Chris. What was you going to say on that? Well, I don't know what what we can say on it. It's uh, until a company comes in and pays that money. uh, It's a lot of money, isn't it? Mm. A lot of money. Yeah, and he was at something like a 15-year deal, is it, that they're saying? So yeah. 375 million yes. all in all. It's a huge amount of money, 25 million a year. Would be the Where, biggest ever? Yeah, why, is it just because he wants to be the biggest ever? Where, where's he plucked this figure from? It's Daniel, he's a businessman, isn't yeah. he? He does, you know, he, he does smash it out of the park in terms of the business, Ho- in hopefully, fairness. Hopefully, though, whoever takes it over, they pay all that money up front and uh, we invest into the team. Well, will they invest into the team, Chris? <laughs> or can that we lower ticket prices three, first? 375 yeah. million on, on players, that would be fantastic. It's unbelievable, considering what 
the stadium cost and you can recoup it like that. Obviously, absolutely brilliant. That is why he is going for it. Let's quickly uh, look at that Chelsea game then because where we have you three in the studio, before we change teams, we roll on the super subs. It is Chelsea. It is massive. Jose against his former mm. team, you know, up against the young Chelsea side, Lampard. They're sort of, they're in good form, but it's been maybe a little bit indifferent of them for late. But then Jose's turned it around for Spurs. What are you making of it, Rick? Yeah, I, th- I think if someone said to me that by Christmas Day, Spurs could be in the top four, in comparison to where we were, where Mourinho first came in, I would have probably laughed at them. I know Chris was ever the optimist and said, no, Chris was, he was very optimistic and believed that he could do this. And so I think it's been fantastic the way we have played to be in a position now where Spurs can still finish in that top four. I think is absolutely fantastic. And that's obviously no joking aside where it's spending an evening instead of that. No potential manager has particular targets. I mean, the remit is for Tottenham. We have to be in the Champions League. We simply have to be as a football club. The way the stadium is and what we are as a fan base, we have to be in that top four. So I think we've got a great chance. Chelsea are indifferent in terms of their form. Mourinho's playing against his former club. He knows them inside out. He knows Lampard inside out. I'm confident. Well, just before we get uh, Chris and Kat's opinion on that game, we have had another call into the studio, this time from uh, Shubin. Shubin, and I know you want to say a personal message to Kat, don't you? Uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks to Kat for all the hard work, her, my, my dad, Pete Hayne, and all the others that support us. So it's pretty much thankless. I'm guessing the biscuits aren't that good. So, Jamie, say thanks. Oh, that's really kind of you, Shuban. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you again soon. No worries. Thank you, mate. Merry Christmas. You too. Cheers. Bye. Oh, shoot, you came short there, Kat. I was going to ask him what he thought of Chelsea. Uh, let, let's get your opinion, though. Um, Kat, it is Chelsea on the on the weekend, and obviously it's a huge game. You said yeah. this is the one, the test on the weekend. You know, the games that we've wanted him to win, we, we just quite haven't got there. Yeah, absolutely. What are you making? Well, I, I will um, kind of flippantly say to anybody who asks me now what's going to happen, I said, well, of course we're going to win because we've got Mourinho as our manager. <laughs> and we're never going no to lose a game. That's basically my stock answer these days, which drives everybody a bit nuts. Um I would feel fairly confident about this game because it were at home, which I think makes a big difference. Um, I <laughs> I did feel that Lampard was a little bit of a fraud. I was kind of happy when he got that job. And this whole let's revel and celebrate Chelsea's youth makes me laugh because there's yeah. only one reason why they're playing their kids and we all know that and that'll yeah. change when they can start yeah. signing players again. Um, I think yeah. that Chelsea might have been found out in the last few weeks and I'm just really hoping that's right. However, the niggle in the back of my head is that if Mourinho is that great a manager, why couldn't he beat Man United? He knows all those players. He managed that team two seasons ago and we were abject that night. That was a really, really poor performance under him. So that's the niggle in the back of my head. I think if we go out, all guns blazing, if we as the 12th man make a mm. shed load of noise and that white wall is on fire, then fabulous. But we, Kat, we, you, we can do that. You do, I, I, I understand what you mean. Man United have been really poor this year and Spurs were poor on it that night. It was a really but, disappointing but can you, game. Can you base it on one game? Because then Spurs no. go to Molyneux, Wolves haven't lost in 12 games no. and they, they beat everyone at Molyneux and Spurs get a last minute winner. No, you, you can't. I think, I mean, Martin Cokel, correct me if I'm wrong on here, is it, I think it's Danny Blanchflower who's said, you know, uh, what, why, oh, was it Danny Blanchard? He'll tell me. Uh, who, who do you think is going to win? And he said, well, I don't know, that's why we're playing the game. And that's like absolutely <laughs> true. That's, that's why we all watch football, isn't it? There isn't a guaranteed winner. No. Can, can I ask you a very quick question yeah, before mate. Chris gives his final thoughts on the on the Chelsea game? Um, this is from Senk at Forza who says, what do you think of the stadium atmosphere so far and how do you think we can improve it? Um, I think in patches it's been great. I think in patches it's been average and I think in patches it's been crap. 
Um, you know, uh, we, we obviously are fed by what's happening on the pitch as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, that hasn't been great. I think um, there have been some issues with the way that the stewards have managed us as a crowd as well, which haven't necessarily engendered a positive atmosphere. Um, that's changing. The club have now employed a third safety officer and they're now taking more and more of their stewards in-house, which will help with the whole management of seating and standing and, and all those issues that we had when we first moved in there. Um, I think there are things that we can do when the club are looking to um, set up an atmosphere group. Uh, they'll speak to people who are interested in getting more involved in that on a one-to-one basis so if anybody listening in has some ideas or they'd like to be more involved in maybe some measures that we could do to improve the atmosphere then drop a line to supporter services at tottenhamhotspur.com that's supporter services at tottenhamhotspur.com and just title it atmosphere and that will get passed on to our supporter liaison officer who can get back to you um, I think the trust from the trust point of view and from the club's point of view um, we really quite strongly feel that atmosphere should be generated organically it should be something from the fans and the grassroots. We are not in nowhere, you know, a fan of the massive flags behind the goals when you when you score. Or uh, I don't know who was in Munich last week, but they were very orchestrated. They played the can can every time they scored a goal, which was just <laughs> quite embarrassing. They had a huge call and response on the PA, so it'd be like you know, uh, Harry Kane, and like just honestly really cringe. Uh, I'm not a fan of that at all. So I'm more for us doing something organically as a fan base rather than it being club orchestrated. Uh, so that's kind of where we are in the atmosphere. They've done that for the Audi Cup as well. Uh, it's just <laughs> absolute cringe. Okay, I've, I've got a question for you. Statues at the stadium. Right. Are they happening? Um, we again mentioned this at the very start of the planning process and when we were looking at the architectural designs and I think that the club at that point felt that they were building quite a futuristic stadium and a stadium that was fit for you know the, the 21st century and that our history and our heritage would be embodied in the actual fabric of the stadium rather than being what they considered to be quite an old-fashioned way of doing things mm. by building a bronze statue of somebody. So you'll see that by the way that the White Hart Lane aggregate is mm. on the floor yeah. and that you've got the brick from the shelf, you know, in the East Stand, and there's all those other nods to White Hart Lane and our history. I think that for the people who want more recognition for people like, say, Bill Nicholson, remember the museum hasn't opened yet. Yeah. So I would imagine right, okay, that yeah. that's where the, an awful lot of that stuff will 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 come in. Um, but as for actually seeing a bronze statue as you walk down the road, I doubt that will happen because it's not in keeping with their vision and their design of that stadium. Does well, that make sense? A, a lot of those things were on the plans, the original plans. Yeah. So now it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievably, we are coming to the end of the first hour. But Chris, do you have a prediction for Chelsea on the weekend? Very quickly, I want four two, and this is the weekend we get back in the top four. There you go. I love the passion and and the scoreline there, Ricky. And I know you just want to quickly say a message because you're you're done now for this hour. Yeah, I just want to say, just firstly, thank you to Cat coming down. Oh, really welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Such a pleasure having her. Cat will be back with us very very soon in the new year. I just want to also say a massive thank you to every single listener over this last year, and also those that have been with us over the last three or four years. It's been a crazy, crazy uh, year for the show. Obviously, the change of manager, um, Mourinho coming in, Pochettino leaving. I just want to again say massive, massive thank you to all of our listeners out there. It's been a crazy year, and keep with us. We've got loads of shows coming over Christmas, loads of special shows coming. Charlie's been amazing, and um, thank you for having us every single week. Absolutely. I couldn't put it better myself. Thank you always for the questions, and don't worry, because there is still another hour of the Spurs Fan Show to go. B-Squad coming. Love Sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Let me tell you, I am feeling 
refresh, rejuvenate you because the A-team are in yeah, the yeah, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee McQueen, Jamie Brandt and Jason McGovern seeing us through in the final hour when there is still so much to talk about. We're going to give you a full and proper preview of that Chelsea game, talking about Spurs' top four chances and everything else in between our last show before Christmas. And you can still play a part. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio. Call us 0208 70 20 558. Two things to get into very, very quickly. One, Jamie Brown is wearing a Danny Rose yeah. Christmas yes. jumper. Jason. Yes, just especially for Jason. So. Pathetic, isn't it? And they're sitting <laughs> next to each other in the studio. Yeah, really. I'm I'm worried, telling you. I might have to sit in the middle of them in a minute. You know yeah, look, I, mean? I got, got it like three years ago when he was my favourite player and unfortunately it's been downhill ever since. So. You no got one, it four years ago no when he gets washed it. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, washed out, fading away. I like it, Jason. Well, the second thing, obviously, that was the first thing. I know you would have covered it on your on your show and, and probably talked about it to death, but Jace, we mentioned at length last week how important that Wolves game was. You know, that test, that away, they don't lose many at Molyneux. It was a last-minute winner. What did you make of the performance and that victory? Well, in fairness, in the performance, I've only seen the the sky highlights on it because I was working last Sunday. But but as a result, fantastic. The, the standout result probably of our Premier League season mm, so far, sure. I think, to go to Wolves and, and get the win and... You know, I was just talking to Chris beforehand and he said we took a real battering in that second half and uh, to get through that, even with a point, would have been a decent yeah. would have been a decent return. But to, to go ahead and win it, and it's what I've said, for us to really climb the table. I know we have climbed the table, but that's partly with Chelsea's collapse as well. But for me, for us to really make the impression, you've got to go and start winning away from home. And so it was a, it was a huge win, a really impressive win. Yeah, huge win. Not just win away from home, but win at places like Molyneux, Lee, where, you know, many teams don't lose. They was on a 12-game unbeaten run. You know, Wolves don't roll over easily. They don't. And, they, and to be fair, they didn't at the weekend either. Yeah. I mean, they were tough, tough, tough. They pressed high. Their technical ability on the ball, wasn't it, Jane, were, was outstanding. Um, and, I mean, Adam, we, we talked about on the show, didn't we, about Triolway being uh, being Beast. an issue. He's mm. an absolute um, machine. And yeah. to be fair, and, and I agree, obviously, with Chris, uh, he was he would have been at the game. And we did take a battle in the second half. But actually, when you when you look at how we defended collectively, we did really well. Obviously, the result says that we did because we didn't let in more than one goal. Mm. Um, and uh, we analysed that again last week, didn't we? And we said that Wolves don't tend to score loads of goals. <laughs> and that was the proof. So, you know, Troy was, uh, Adama Troy was excellent. But so was Jan Vertonghen. And I think that in the end, uh, he won He won the war, didn't he, really? Because he got the last minute winning. And it was, it was a perfect result for us. Absolutely buzzing. Come on, you Spurs. Unbelievably, Lee is, is maybe, I don't know if he's, he's in the festive spirit already, but he's praising a contract rebel. I can't believe yeah. it. Well, I know. I mean, to be fair, he is a contract rebel. But, you know, like, look, at the end of the day, it, I, it, if I was a manager, and thank, uh, thank goodness that I'm not for mo- all these Spurs fans and all the listeners, but if I was, he wouldn't have been playing, to, to be, be fair. fair though, I think they, they, they've all performed. They're all continuing to perform. I mean, Yamatongan's had a difficult season, maybe not because he's not trying, but I think that, for other reasons, maybe he's you know his age, but there's certainly and Toby as well was outstanding. Mm. And I think but that's that's something that you can say about those two certainly is that they're they're certainly giving their all until the last day at Spurs. Well, what are you making of the top four chances now, then, Jamie? Because yeah. I want to get onto Jason in a minute. What he's thinking of the team, but yeah. obviously since Mourinho's come in, yes, we can look at the poor performance to United mm. and, and maybe certain other factors. But there's clearly been an improvement yeah. in the side. Obviously, the big test on the weekend, but the, the chances are looking brighter than what they were. Yeah, I think one thing that did impress me the most, I think to to have that sort of character 
I think that's something that Spurs maybe have been missing. Um, certainly under the early days of Pochettino, we really had that character to keep going and have that belief to win. And that was something that was that was really pleasing. But in the top four race, yeah, I mean, it's, it's brilliant that we've managed to close that gap. Yes, I think that it is down to Chelsea's collapse a bit. Um, and I, and I, I kind of... I did expect it in a way with Chelsea because I feel as though they've got that new manager who's gone in there. He's a big name at their club. He's obviously used, having to use younger players because of their transfer ban. And I feel as though that's kind of wearing off a bit now. And now it's kind of, he's got to now start to show that he's, you know, he's got the, he's got a plan. He's got the tactics to be able to go and start winning games. So, yeah, I think that in terms of our top four chances, yeah, it's, it's very good at the moment. Yeah, it's looking very good, Jace. What do you make of it? Because me, you and Chris were talking a little bit before we started and you were saying that it's not much change in terms of last year, you know, in, in the games, how they went. But, you know, you are, you have climbed that table. Yeah, I think it's a mix. First of all, I don't think there's any way we'd have taken that many points with Pochettino. The flip side of that is we're actually, from those fixtures, three points down because we won at Old Trafford. So the other mm. four games we won last year. But there's no doubt about it that we have got that lift. Mm. Uh, we're, we're playing much better. There's smiles on people's faces. And as I say, I don't think we'd have had those points under Poch. But you wouldn't have said Chelsea would lose at home to West Ham and Bournemouth. And they're the two games. And so I suppose the flip side of that is... We did beat West Ham and Bournemouth, so you you can't you can't take it away from Mourinho and then have a go at Chelsea for losing those mm, games. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's you know yeah. you have to even it off. So yeah, we're in a much better position now than than when he took over. That's for sure. Lee, I know you're always optimistic, but uh, you would you would have said even before uh, Tottenham have a good chance for getting those top four places. But now you know it just feels like they're clicking at the right time. Look, for sure, and you know, I think some people, you know, on social media, people in general, fans, whatever, they, you know, they're embarrassed to be wrong. Well, I'm never, I'm not embarrassed to be wrong. So that's why I put put myself out there and say, mm. look, I think that we're getting the top four. I think we will. I think as a winner, um, you can judge your own, you can make your own judgment. You think I'm one, but Jose Mourinho is, and he'd be thinking, I'm having second. That's what we'd be thinking. And and he won't care. He won't maybe set out public. He won't care if people think he's wrong. But he'd be thinking in his head, yeah. I'm having second place. And I'll tell you why. Because I went on here, what, four weeks ago and guaranteed Leicester wouldn't finish <laughs> in the top four. And I keep <laughs> saying it so you don't have to replay at the end of the season. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that they drew against Norwich. Their next game is City away. And then they've got Liverpool. And, and actually, if we do the business, and it's a big if, but if we do the business um, over the Christmas period, come January, we're like, what, four or five points yeah. behind Leicester. And they're 15 points clear of us. It's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And the reality of the situation is that that's the belief piece that I'm sure that we'll talk about. And ultimately what the players have been talking about since Mourinho's gone in there. It's about getting some belief back, not only in the players, but in us, in the fans, in the people that watch and actually believe in going in to the stadium on on Sunday. I keep thinking it's Saturday. Um, They're going to the stadium on Sunday and believing that we can take a result and get a result and beat them. Why can't we? We absolutely can. I think this is where the club does deserve credit because they really have saved us. You know, saved our season. This appointment, um, yeah, certainly given some massive. Mad lift. even to hear you say that but, after what we spoke after that Maurizio. No, fight. Well, I know yeah. it. I know it was it was difficult losing Maurizio, but I think in the end it has it has turned around. And if you look at down the road at Arsenal, was it three or four weeks after after sacking their manager, they haven't gone anyone in and they've they've gone on a really poor run of results um, since they've sacked him. So I think it shows you that Spurs acted decisively. They had a plan um, and it was a massive it was a massive gamble because it was you know you're sacking one of the best managers um, in your modern history so it was always a big gamble and getting in Mourinho with obviously his slightly damaged reputation from Manchester United so 
as I said, I think the club do deserve a lot of um, a lot of credit for for the way they've handled this situation. Yeah, certainly deserve credit for that appointment. And you know, as Lee says, they're going for it. And maybe he's right. It's not just the top four chase. Why not higher? Because maybe after Liverpool, no one's really you know uh, putting in that claim, are they? Well, I think. Look, I mean, there's people uh, look in different ways, and you know, fans will be you know, listeners will be screwing up where they think, oh, you're on your unreality check and all that sort of stuff. But to be a winner, you have to go after the prize. You have to. If you settle for fifth or sixth or fourth, you're not the winner. And Jose Mourinho is not... He, I guarantee that he will be sitting in there now thinking, I can sniff second here. Because that's what he did in the first season at Manchester United, yeah. right? He went yeah. in there. Everyone gives him no, no credit at all. He won two trophies and finished second with that squad. That same squad. So was his best achievement in his For career. For sure. And the reason why is because he, he, he went in and got that mentality, not just in the players. Uh, Potter, I love him. And, and again, if I was in charge of the club, which, thank goodness I'm not, I wouldn't have sacked Potticino. Right? No. Everybody knows that. I'm not going back on that. But we are where we are. And actually, when you're looking at the positivity now, the, uh, the place is buzzing. He hasn't lost a game at home. So we go into the, the fixture at the weekend with Jose as an unbeaten, uh, got an unbeaten record since he's taken over at home, making mm. that place a fortress. I talked to you about the stats when he first went in at Chelsea. 77 game unbeaten run at home. Still a Premier League record. <laughs> Outrageous. He doesn't this, lose at home a lot. He, in, he wherever, do it, Chess. Portugal, Italy. For sure, he does. Mate, for in sure. Milan went ages without losing. They do not lose at home at mm. Jose's side. Obviously rejuvenated after his time away this year. But it's not just the mentality of the club, the players you said. It's you, the fans. I can see it. You said you need it in the stadium. You need mm. it in the ground. But I think sure. you you have it, don't you? Because already the way you're talking about the games coming up, yeah. you know, we're saying about a serial winner, but it's transferred over even into doing the shows, I believe. Yeah, for sure. And Don't I think... use that word transfer, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my my apologies. Ricky's still in the building. Ricky's <laughs> still in the building. I apologise. No, it definitely has. You can feel that there is now a buzz around the, uh, around the ground. And even going to match days now, I think that it did get to a point towards the end of Maurizio's reign where you were going to games and it was just... It felt a bit flat and you weren't really looking forward to it. Under Mourinho, I cannot wait for Sunday. I couldn't wait for the other couple of games that I've been to. Um, and it's, you know, it's difficult because as much as I love Maurizio Pochettino... Um, that's the way it was. That kind of that's how it's ended. But um, yeah, it's, it's really has brought a real buzz, and there's a real excitement to go to games now again. Absolutely, Jace. Would you say that you start, you're starting to feel like that as well, or are you still? <laughs> you still want it to go? There's yeah. a long way to go. I, it's a marathon, like Lee said. <laughs> and, I mean, I think I think we'll get better as the season goes on because his style of his the way he wants the team to play, I think will will slowly get through to them. And, and I do expect him, despite all the, the stories today, to make one or two uh, signings in that January window and will be a lot more solid. Jace is talking and, about transfers. Oh, hang on, hang on. I, I, was... it. I didn't use the word. <laughs> changes. You notice the word I said changes. But um, and, and we will be a little bit more solid. And as the season goes on, that's why I think if we do go fourth on Sunday, I do expect us to stay there because I think we should get more points than 16 teams between then and the end of the season. Mm. but um, So we'll, we'll see. But OK at the moment. OK at the moment. But I haven't. Uh, I won't be singing his name just yet, that's for sure. I know you won't be singing his name. I feel like, Jace, every week we say, you know, you go, this is the test if we beat Wolves, if we do this. But I'm not yet there. But you are doing those tests. You're passing those tests. I know this weekend is another one, but it's sl- you're slowly test. coming around. Yeah, this is, this is a big one, I know. Yeah, that, that Wolves one was, was huge because, like I say, for me, we had to start winning away games. I've said it all year, haven't mm-hmm. I? I had, had problems away from home and 
and Wolves wasn't a team 15th or 16th in the table on such a good run. So that was a massive result to go and get. And I think that gives the players a lot more belief. And particularly when you win it in the last minute, last minute winners are so, so, they seem more important than than if you won it in the 36th minute or something, yeah. doesn't it? It's like you're going to take a point and then suddenly you get that bigger, particularly when they're away from home as well. Because you've almost settled for the fact that, oh, OK, you know, a point away from home at we, Molyneux. We've just know. got to make sure that the last minute winner doesn't take us another year before we get it like it did at Fulham. You don't want to go on another run, but it is looking up. Uh, let's quickly talk about uh, Le Chelso because obviously so, seemingly someone that was uh, Maurizio really wanted. He was one of the, the number one targets, certainly up there. He has come. It doesn't seem like it's working that way under yeah. Jose, Jamie. Uh, what is the latest? It's, yeah, it's difficult with Lascelles, and it's, that's been the kind of the case with the other three, so the other two signs as well, with Dombele and Session. They've kind of taken a while to come in and adapt, um, and it is frustrating how long they are taking um, with Lascelles. So, I, th- I think it is about giving him time. I think it's fairly clear that we are going to make that deal permanent. So I don't think there's anything to worry about because there is. There, it does seem to be a real talent in there. I think um, the game that he did really impress me against was was away at Red Star. I think that was his first start where he scored. Um, so he looked really good there and he has looked good in flashes. But um, hopefully it's just a case of Jose Mourinho knows that he's got to settle him in a bit more. Um, and, and I just hope that we do start to see more of him, especially because Ericsson's getting a lot of minutes. And, and for me, I know he did get the assist. Um, he beat the but, first man on a corner for the first time in about three years. <laughs> Unbelievable, wasn't it? And people were like praising him. Oh, yeah, see, contract Rebel Ericsson. Like, do me a favour. You should be beating the first man every like corner, let alone every three years. Mm. It was a good ball, though. Yeah, so, no, so you just hope. And I think I said, I think I've said before, I think if you look at players like Fabinho, uh, took last year, took pretty much last year to kind of fit in and now is a fantastic player. And, and we've seen that plenty of times in the Premier League. So for me, I, I'm just... I'm just going to give him time and be patient with it. So. You, you're going to give him time. Is Jose going to give him time? Because if he works out he's not in that system and he wants his own player lead, then he maybe won't get that time. I, I, I said last week, didn't I? I'm worried. I'm worried about the Chelsea. I think that for me, because I, I, I want him, I want him to sign. I, I think he will sign for yeah. the reasons Jamie just said and the buyout clause thing or whatever. Yeah. Not buyout clause, the you know the, the loan clause and obligation thing. Um and Jay said it last last week as well. You know, Levy ain't going to sanction a fourteen million loan deal for yeah. six months. Yeah. But, but I am worried about his game time chats. I've yeah. got to be honest with you. I, I I can't understand if it is a fitness thing. Then maybe that's actually a bit of a blessing. But I can't understand why he ain't getting more minutes. He looks really unhappy on the bench as really well. When does. I've seen him, and I, you can't blame him. Like you can't blame him at all that he does look unhappy. But. Um, and I think the other worrying thing as well is we've seen Spurs have started to be linked with um, homegrown um, sort of number tens, and it's like, well, if we've got Lacelso and we we're being linked with like Jared Bowen and Isaiah from from QPR, it's like. Um, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre, but I would really want to see more of this also. Strange moves, two championship players. I think it's a players. case of sort Ericsson's future out, and once Ericsson's future is sorted yeah. out, then... I mean, if, if Ericsson was to leave in in the January, January window, then Lacelso will definitely get then the minutes yeah, that Ericsson's sure. currently getting and, and that will, I think, make a big difference to him. Yeah, mm, sure. absolutely. Well, we're going to still be talking about that and also you can have your say tonight. Put a question to the team. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Love Sport. Well, you are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the A-team, the crazy train, Lee McQueen, Jamie Brand, Danny Rose Jumper and Jason McGovern. Oh, no. He gets it. We're just here to talk about all of the Spurs-related stuff. 
everything where Spurs are concerned. And there is still time for you to have your say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 558. Well, it is uh, the last show before Christmas. Mm. We're trying to get in a festive spirit. We've, I've opened up the advent calendar. I want to put a question to you because not only is it the, the final show before Christmas, the last show of the year, the last show of the decade. Can Jason? I put a question to you first? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you was in here for the first hour, weren't you? I was. Who's eating all the chocolates? <laughs> the Chris Carling Ricky le- Sacks lot have yeah. left us about five, uh, of which they're obviously all the dodgy flavours of the chocolates. I've got, I've got to got say, Chris and Ricky were sort of, they, they were concentrating more on the chocolates. Really? If you listen, Just like, letting I had Just no all the work. They yeah, were letting all the work. Absolutely. Outrageous. Danish and coffee creams. That's it. That's what we've Some left. Some sort of pre-line thing going on. Jace, you come in, I try to, mate, what can you do? Disgusting. Yeah. Well, just so the listeners understand, what we actually did, we bought our own tin of a very, very Wrapped big tin yeah. of uh, chocolates Quality ourselves, treat. didn't we? Oh, oh, other brands are available. Other brands are available, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm going I'm with the quality <laughs> streets. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, as I open up the quality streets and open up my advent calendar, because I said it's the last show of the decade. I want to talk about uh, maybe your favourite moment, whether it be personal or obviously for Spurs, of the the highest high for you in the last mm. decade as a Spurs fan. And if you've got one, because I have just put that on you, then please feel free, Lee. So decade, uh, I mean, it's easy to go kind of the ones that we've just seen. So I'm mm. going to choose one from uh, from way back. Um, and it was the first time that we qualified for the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just nick it, Jay. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Always because, because because it was we was away at Man City. Man City had been taken over by the uh, the oil money and all that, and um, they were on the up themselves. We went away to to them and Crouch. Uh, it was Kabul actually baffing down the right hand side, put an unbelievable cross in, and uh, Crouch stuck it away. One one nil, and of course the shenanigans after when David Bentley and Co. tipped over, over Harry yeah. and. It was a brilliant time for the club. That really signaled... Because for, for me, Martin Yole would pave the way for Tottenham to yes. start to really think yeah. about, you know, we, we could be a top six club. Um, you know, and, and we got a couple of top five finishes and then the Lasagna gate happened, didn't it? I mean, that's how it all happened in this, uh, um, you know, previous. So so then uh, the, the Harry Redknapp uh, getting through to Champions League and... You know, that that season with Gareth Bale and oh my god, it was ridiculous. Absolutely, it feels ridiculous. ages ago, doesn't it? That yeah. just feels like. So, Jamie, what about you? Because um, Jace is going to need a minute longer because yeah, Lee stole yeah, it. Sorry, from um, <laughs> I mean, for me, I think one that does stand. It was another Man City away game. I think it's when we beat them two one. Um, I think it was was it back in February? It was oh, I can't Ericsson remember. Scored, I can't remember. Yeah, that was it, Ericsson. Um And I think it was kind of the first game where it felt as though Spurs could challenge for the title. And it was kind of a moment that really moved us to within um, within the top of the table. And it was like that belief that Spurs could have a chance of winning the title here. And I think that, that was, it was a really proud moment for myself because it was just my team that I've grown up supporting. Never never really having a chance of winning a trophy could go and win the league here. And I think that, that was a, it was a, obviously an amazing game because City at the time, were, well, they always oh, are, yeah. such a good team to beat. Um, it's a brilliant ball, wasn't it? Lamella put the ball the through one, yeah. and, and Ericsson just ran onto it. So, mm. yeah, yeah, no, it was, that, that for me was probably... Um, a real, like, a real proud moment for me, and I would. I think the obvious one is obviously the Ajax game, but um, for Massive. me, I think that the um, that, that that game against City was a moment where it kind of really had belief in this team, uh, the manager, and, and that Spurs could do big things. So yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, the European one is always obvious; those yeah. ones there. But yeah. picking your own personal moment, Jace, what about you? I would think in that, I would I would have picked Crouchy because that mm. was a new achievement yeah, for the for club sure, or, for sure. or bench block. So I would probably, if I picked a game. The win at Chelsea was was big two yeah, years ago, massive. but for me, beating Real Madrid at yeah. Wembley oh, was was a magical night because for me, 
even as a Spurs fan, I have to say, for me, they're the biggest club in the world. Yeah. And uh, I remember flying back just for that game because mm. I can remember the draw when I think the choice at the time at the draw was either Barcelona or Madrid was still in the hat. And when it came out Madrid, it was just that, yes, yes. finally we've got them. Yes. And, and I would always sit here and want Real Madrid every year yeah. because they, they're such a special club to me. So to beat them... 3-1 not just beat them but to, yeah. to rip them to pieces oh, we went 3 up didn't we yeah. I mean, we were outstanding that yeah. night weren't we well, I think it was, so that I say was the Real Madrid game that was the only time of course that we were beat defending champions uh, European champions 3-1 at home I think it was Inter, Inter. as well when uh, as well. Bale had that m- amazing night at oh, White Hart Lane taxi kind of for Mike ripped, on, yeah, ripped apart Mike on um, so that, that, yeah again that was, that was another, I, think, I think the other uh, another massive one as well in terms of an event was the leaving of the of White Hart Lane Huge. I mean that was I mean it still brings it's difficult to talk about really because it you know when you actually go back and really reminisce it brings a lump to your throat yeah um yeah. to be there i mean it was my best one of my best mates nick martin's 40th birthday that day on the actual day of leaving that stadium as well um for united to turn up as well and then for us to beat them to go unbeaten the whole season at while like, again jamie talking about his football club you know g- achieving things well, that don't happen to tottenham like you know this is the thing this is why a lot of us were so upset about the potticino era because he'd done yeah. things that we've never done before you know to go unbeaten the whole season at white Lane was r- ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so mm. and then to see all the legends come on a pitch and it absolutely bathed down with rain that day didn't it it was so sodden and, it, it, and, and, and then the and rainbow i mean jace wasn't it it, it was yeah. literally you literally i say this quite a lot but you literally couldn't make it up it was phenomenal who's buzzing and that, who is buzzing and and that, i think in that moment where pochettino looked around the ground and it was like he you know he gets it and it was just like, like he, gets it. He, gets he gets it he gets it it was a danny rose moment you can't that. believe it Jane but that's why i asked you for your moment because i think even you three done it there hearing someone else's moment it takes you personally back to what your memory of that mm. game and we're all sitting here mm. smiles on our faces it's incredible i won't ask for your your low light because we're keeping it festive we're keeping it positive but if you did have a crystal ball let's look into the future where do you think genuinely Spurs will be at the end of the next decade oh stumped you haven't I yeah I've, I'm pulling it out of the bag got my questions really ready are. tonight <laughs> end of the, I mean 2029 we'll, we'll be playing our under 23s in a quarter <laughs> final of the Carabao Cup <laughs> because we're in the World Club Championship final That's I like it yeah. I like, oh, I like it, it. I like it. come on you Spurs <laughs> I do think under Jose, um, I mean, one thing's for sure in 2029, Jose will not be our manager, right? <laughs> do you reckon? The crazy train, the crazy train would have run out of steam by then. Is it the buffers? Don't worry about that. But I mean, over, I think over the next couple of years, I mean, there is there is very little doubt. I'm not going to say in uh, forever, but there's very little doubt in my mind that we will we will not, we will definitely win something in my mind. With Jose Mourinho at the helm, like regardless if it's a Carabao Cup or an Audi Cup, you know what I mean. But but we, we, we I think I, I think we'll win a big trophy. I genuinely genuinely think we'll win a big trophy, um, uh, and that I'm excited about. And it's the, look, it's the hope that kills us, but it's also the hope that keeps us. You know, that's the whole oh, point. I love that. You always it do true, it. Though. Though. Love it's it. true, Charlie. I love Come that. Yes. Yes. Everyone has a dream. Yes. It's the <laughs> hope that kills you, but it's the hope that keeps you. Oh, it keeps you, man. That's why I you love keep that. going back. That's why you pay your money. That's why you get passionate. I'm getting that as a tattoo. To, Jamie. Sing, <laughs> to sing at the weekend and beat Chelsea off the park. You know, let's come there. You know, everyone remembers the Battle of the Bridge. That's another one mm. this decade. We're talking about reminiscing. That's another one this decade. The Battle of the Bridge. That was for me. Oh, yeah. A game. 100%. A game which really made us almost come of age. 
package that that mm. that year, and it allowed us to go the following year to properly put in Which, a championship yeah, challenge. Because it was like I think it was games like against West Ham when it was added by your moved out of the way, and it's like how far we've come when we've got players that seriously care about this club for now. Sure, for sure, and that, that's something that I've really enjoyed, especially over the last couple of years, having players that actually care about having a, at the club. And you know, one of the forgotten games that, that I always think is was one of the highs was that Swansea game. Oh, we battered them for 89 minutes and we're still 1 0 down yeah. and ended up winning it 3 1. Where did that come from? Three goals in injury yeah. time. Yeah. It was just or 89th minute was, and then two injury time. It was raining again oh, no, that day. Like, like, absolutely. The, the rain plays a part. Yeah, that was a good one. And and also the Palace, I know that was, is, um, I think it was on this very night when Deli Ali uh, yeah. scored against yeah. Palace. Oh, he's goal, yeah. That game, I think we were nil-nil until the 80, 89th, uh, sorry, the 79th minute yeah, or 80th minute, and then we on, ended yeah. up winning three or one or done. Three one because three we yeah, scored yeah, goal. Of course, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, yes, it's been some mad moment. Actually, I'm, I'm reminiscing on this. I'm saying Jose like Mourinho. <laughs> no, I'm thinking Jose Mourinho's riding the crazy train, but maybe maybe Poch was riding it as well because <laughs> there's been some, you know, some been some highs and yeah. some lows Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Jay, uh, where do you think Spurs 2029? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to kind of predict that, but I think it's just, it's just incredible, like the how like the trajectory that we are going on and the fact that we've been able to bring in a manager like Jose Mourinho. And uh, as I said, I do think that he is kind of what we maybe what we did need. Um, Pochettino took us to a certain level who knows whether he was kind of in the right stage of his career to be able to take us to and win a trophy but under Mourinho it does feel as though we do have a manager now that, that can kind of um, mm. take us over that line to win that trophy and I do think that, that he is the man to do that so I, I definitely think that we'll, we'll have won a couple of trophies by then Well Jamie because you, you had your jumper even though you have taken it I'll off you got embarrassed off, yes. I feel like I'm on a Christmas <laughs> roll and I'm in that festive spirit if you have, you've got one Christmas wish each for Spurs this season, it's a short-term goal. Not obviously looking at that ten-year, ten years where Spurs are going to be. What would your Christmas wish for Spurs be this year? Champions League winners. Champions League winners. I want that. I want. That. I feel we we're owed it from that that handball. Yeah. Hopefully we win it with a dodgy decision as well <laughs> to to get full uh, uh, full repayment of that. Ideally against them in the final where we get the the benefit of a decision. I tell same you what, final. That would be nice. Yeah, same final rematch. I'm looking at Jason in the studio and listens you can't see that but he lit up when he said that. And he, he, he believes forward, that. He? He, didn't he? he yeah. I'm telling you I agree with him 100%. I'm, come honestly, on, it's come the on, hope Spurs. that why kills you. It's <laughs> the hope that keeps you. Do you get me? I'm telling you I, why why can't we do it? We've got Leipzig. I know we'll talk about it maybe after yeah. the break. We've got Leipzig in the, in the, in the next round. We, I know they're going great guns at the twice. moment. We've got a manager that's won, won it. Knockout We've got football. Cup football. I, I, we, why not? We've learned. We've learned from last year. And like what Jay said, we're owed it from last year. Not, we can't go into the games thinking we're owed it, but we've got some a lot of experience now of going through that. Mm. And actually, the ramifications of having a similar squad to last year is all, is all be known. But actually, the positives of that is that they've learned from last year's experience. Why not? Yeah. Jay, do you have a different Christmas wish? Um, oh, do you know what I was going to say? Just another Champions League final. I mean, that those. I think those three weeks that we had between the semi-final and the final was just like the most magic, like the most magical three weeks I've ever Amazing. had in my life. It mm. was just like so surreal. Just so you know, so proud to be a Spurs fan, knowing that we're going to be playing the biggest club competition. I, I kept just in joke with you. Like, I kept worrying for them three weeks. I was worrying whether or not I had enough loyalty points to get my ticket. That was the thing that worried <laughs> me a much. Yeah. I mean, I ended up getting one through my loyalty points, of course, which was amazing. Yeah. So to be in that stadium was was it's incredible. Close, yeah. No, it was very difficult to to get any sort of sleep those for three weeks. But 
it was definitely worth it. So. And, and Lee, your Christmas wish? Or you well, I, think, I mean, I do, I do echo what the lads have said, but I do think that, um, the you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year right now and the build-up to Christmas and all that and the Christmas fixtures. And I, I just want to be in a position whereby... Uh, my my prediction from you know five six weeks ago is true. Yeah. That actually, by the time we kick off our first FA Cup match, we're in the top four, and that we've got enough points to overhook to start to rein in or pull in Leicester City because I think we can finish above them. I, I'm not saying will, but I think we can. Yeah, and I think that Middlesbrough game is massive because I know you want that cup run and obviously putting out a strong side that maybe you haven't been doing in the past few seasons. We'll maybe talk a little bit about that game, and we will talk about Spurs' Champions League opponents. Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, still joined in the studio with a last word on Spurs, Lee McQueen, Jamie Brandt and Jason McGovern. We are now turning our attentions to the game on the weekend. Jose against his former club, Jose against Lampard, Spurs versus Chelsea. We were just reminiscing on the Battle of the Bridge. We know how much this Derby games means and it is an absolute huge one. And Lee, as always, is armed with stats. I've got some stats. I've got my little blue book out again. And uh, no, just looking at the kind of... Uh, I want to get the uh, you know the the panel's views, um, and obviously if we get any if we get any calls coming in or, or, or tweets or WhatsApps and all that sort of stuff, because over the last kind of probably since the 2015-16 season, the the Tottenham Chelsea Chelsea Tottenham fixtures have been very very close. Um, there's been four draws actually between the two sides, um, and two wins each. In, in actual fact, one win away each and one win at home each. So um, it's been uh, it's been very very close then them fixtures. But what I want to bring everybody's attention to, what you don't realise, maybe you don't realise, is, yeah, it's a derby, obviously, everyone knows that, and there's blood and thunder and the battle of the bridge. But Chelsea got into this game, and they've conceded more goals than us in the season. So They're, they're struggling an, to keep clean they're, sheets. They're having an amazing season, right, so, by, by the way. And they've, they've conceded more goals. Uh, they've, they've conceded 25 goals. We've conceded 24. Um, <laughs> Love it. They've, uh, they've scored uh, less goals than us because they've scored 31 and we've scored 32. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and ultimately, they've lost more games than us because they've lost six and we've lost five. <laughs> but but what, what I really want to bring your attention to is they've conceded 17 goals in their away games, okay? And the away games that they've actually played... They've lost, uh, they had a fantastic result at Wolves, they won 5-2, but they've played United and lost, they've played City and lost both away. Um, they beat United 4-0 on the opening game of the season. They lost 4-0 to United. Oh, they lost 4-0, yes, sure. I was forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah they they lost, excuse me, they lost 4-0, and, and, yeah. And conceded a lot of goals. And actually, coming into this run of fixtures, they've lost the last four or five Premier League games. Well, the worst, I think they've got, they've taken the least points uh, uh, along with Watford since November. Since 14th, November. So yeah. And, and to, to put that into to some some sort of perspective as well, their danger man, Tammy Abraham, he scored 11 goals this year and three assists. And then three assists are the highest in the club this season. So who else gets them? They're shared around because actually there isn't any real supply. They've, mm. they've, they have passed more times than anyone else in the league other than Manchester City. And that, for me, is why you have to stop the supply of Jorginho, if, you, if that's how yeah. you say it. Because actually, if you stop that supply, yeah. like we did at the uh, the Wembley game when Son ran rings around everybody, yes. Yes. The, you stop the supply of passing. And actually, when you watch... My uh, my father-in-law's a season to go at Chelsea, right? So he, he come back from the game when they lost at Bournemouth and it's bullying because I was giving him a right old load of... Uh, yeah, as you do. And uh, <laughs> a load of banter. And, load of uh, Yeah, for sure. And he was and he was saying to me, he said, look, honestly, we all we was doing is just bypassing the midfield, just long balls, long balls. And I was doing this research, having a look at the stats and who's made the most passes this season? Couldn't make it up, Kurt Zuma. Mm. Couldn't make it up. 
such long ball stuff, like coming out from the back, giving the ball back. Now, we've done some really good analysis. JJ, Jermaine Jean has done some really good analysis this week on us and Eric Dyer going backwards and sideways. Did everyone see that? Rather than looking for a forward pass. And actually, that's what we've got to sort out in our game in order to be to be able to beat Chelsea. But I think we go into this... I don't want to be arrogant. I, I think we go into this fixture with no fear. And if we play the way Jose has been setting up, I think we'll win. It sounds like a yeah. Wimbledon v Stoke game at the weekend. <laughs> long balls, long, long balls. balls. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. though. If it's windy, it could be interesting. <laughs> With those stats, because, you know, everyone from an outside perspective gone, Chelsea having a really good season, all that youth they're playing, Lampard's doing really yeah. well. And because of that bright start that they had, obviously take away that opening game, but the bright start they have had, no one's really paying attention to the slump or mini slump that they're having now, are they? Well, yeah, again, and I think, you know, Jay says it all week in, week out on the pod and on the, on the Love Sports show. You know, when when you talk about um, you know it's, it's over a period of time, you know it's never as bad as what you think it is. It's never as good as what you think it is. It sank in the middle, and the reality is, we've we're, we're we're going for a really good patch at the moment. So, in conjunction to Chelsea going to this game, lost four at the last five. We've won the last four at the last five. You know, so we've scored the 17, 19 goals actually at home since Jose took over. We've scored nineteen goals at home. We're flying. And we haven't lost at home, and he's playing his old side. So. When you put them both of them things together, you know, Spurs are favourites for this game, aren't they? Mm. Sure, they have to be, but they were playing his former side in Man United, and we know what poor performance that was. They that have was... to turn up on the weekend, and we yeah. do mention it, you know, sometimes when we want it to work in our favour, we say it doesn't matter about the stats in a game like this, Jace, because it's a level. Our form goes out yeah. of the window in a London derby. Yeah, both sides are really hungry, and I think, whilst, whilst for me, our traditional rivals are, are obviously the lot from south of the river. Chelsea are the side that I think have inflicted more pain on this Tottenham side because yeah. you know if you look at Pochettino's side losing that that League Cup final was to Chelsea yeah. the following year the Battle of the Bridge was against Chelsea then there came an FA Cup semi-final where we lost to Chelsea we finished runners up in the league to Chelsea it's Chelsea that have went out on penalties in the league went out the penalties in the league to Chelsea to yeah. Chelsea yeah. So, lost the Champions League uh, uh, place lost the Champions under League Harry. place to Chelsea to yeah. Chelsea so yeah for sure I yeah. think for the for the Players, Chelsea is perhaps now has become the the bigger game than 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 the lot. They sing about us before they uh, come yeah. out for each game, so it shows to you what it means show. for them. Yeah, exactly. So it shows show, you what it means but, for them. But but I think no, it is it is the one I think that the players look at yeah. as as being the big one. And then obviously now you have got Mourinho Lampard. That's mm. just the the extras the scrutiny that the mm. game will have. Spice, so what can we expect then on the weekend, Jeremy? Where will this yeah. game be won and lost? Stoke v Wimbledon. I think the the key thing is that Chelsea are definitely because they've been in such poor form. They're going to really. I think they'll see this as a game where they can bounce back. So I think in terms of confidence, it's massive for both sides. If Chelsea can get a win, they're back. You know, they've got a big win against Spurs away from home, and they're going to be back on track. For us, I think it's it will go a long way for proving that Mourinho is the right man. I think for the fans, it will show that this guy is now really here and he's very serious. Um, but I think at the same way, you know, it could be it could be very damaging if we do lose the game. But for confidence, I think for either side, whichever way the result goes, I think it's huge. Yeah, absolutely huge, especially when you said Leicester have got City, Liverpool, and this is the time you're yeah. playing Chelsea. Mm. That, that, that Christmas busy period, games come thick and fast. You go into the, the Boxing Day game in the run of the New Year's thing. 
day games, you get this victory, again, it completely changes the outlook. For sure. And look, there's no easy games. Like, literally no easy games. It's not played on paper, you know, as as we all know. And you know, we've got Brighton on Boxing Day at home. Early kickoff, horrific. Remember what happened uh, with the Brighton last game? Yeah, for, for sure. So we're going off the back. Brighton, they're a good side this year. Yeah, they there's no football, doubt. Yeah. I, I watched them the other day. My sister's a season ticket holder at Brighton. Um, and Do you so, literally have a family member who supports every club <laughs> in the Premier League? Dad's a Wolves fan. He was born over the road from QPR. You're literally covering every... Do you but, want to host a fan show? No, no, for Wolves sure. Right. Have a Leipzig as well? <laughs> yeah. no, no. Can we get opposition I'm view? girlfriend from Leipzig. Yeah, he's got the old girlfriend. See that look on his face? That's the 10 o'clock show. The old girlfriend's from Leipzig. We'll have to do that after the watershed. Look, at the end of the day, my sister's season to go to Brian, chat to her and whatever about, you know, and they're playing well. He's got them playing really, really well. So, this, this this is a massive fixture, the same size as what the Wolves fixture was for us right now. We've got we've got to go and deal with it. But why can't we go and deal with it? We can. And I don't I think, think anyone's saying win. that they can't. No, no, can I'm they? just saying no. Yeah. But it's a belief thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Going in there and getting behind a team. I think where the game will be won and lost. I think it will be in midfield. I don't. I don't have. I don't think that they're going to get in behind our fullbacks. But I mean, Hudson Odoi is quick, um, and maybe he might try and get in behind a. Jan Vertonghen again bless Jan Vertonghen if he plays again he's going to have another one but you know, for me I think that it is that, that sw- switching over from backwards sideways passing in our central midfield to, to turning and, and going forward because when our front four are turning and facing goal and going at them <clears throat> it's very, very difficult. And the pace in the side, Jace, is ridiculous, isn't it? But the pace in Chelsea side, and we know Tottenham are still conceding goals at the minute. Yeah. They've got pace. They can maybe mm. turn it on against that vulnerability in that back line. I think it's a game with goals. Pulisic, they'll target Pulisic up against yeah. Aurea as as a big chance to get at them, like like Rashford peeled over that side for that Man yeah, United for sure, game. Yeah. So, and then, obviously, who tracks the Kovacic runs from midfield? Because he's, he's certainly... Man. He showed a lot more this year, hasn't he? The Kovacic than he did yeah, last he year. Well, so, yeah. I think they're the two big areas. Um, but, you know, the, the traditional William, Pedro, Azar's obviously not there. So it's it's a it's a totally different Chelsea side this time round. Absolutely. Well, we can only guess and speculate. We are getting a Chelsea guest on to give the opposition view. But before that, let's have our say. What do you reckon the score will be on the weekend, Jace? 2-1 Tottenham. 2-1 Spurs. I'll go 3-1 Spurs. 3-1 Spurs. Full house? Oh, well, I think we'll win, yeah. I... I I think we I think we will go three one. I'll go three one. Three one strong three points here. The team are predicting the Spurs win. Fit? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I is it, it's interesting you say that though because it, I, I put him in the stats book as the danger man, and and actually when he doesn't play, they have struggled. Yeah, like Massively they really, really have struggled, him, and and actually he is the, he, he seems to be the focal point along with Mason Mount. How Lampard's set up, they seem to be the players that 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 everything goes through. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, I, I want to beat the the best possible Chelsea side. So hopefully he's fit and we you still win. But you know, still. let's let's hope he's not fit as well at the same time. Well, we're going to be doing the opposition <laughs> view next, so we can get a full and proper perspective. Love sports. That's right. It still scares me every time because it is time for the opposition view on Love Sport. And you are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs, Lee McQueen, Jamie Brand and J- Jason McGovern. We were just talking and taking an in-depth look at a game with Chelsea. But now we're delighted to say someone who knows best, Cleon Carbis, has joined us from the Chelsea blog. Absolute pleasure to have you on. And unbelievably, I'm getting really carried away, as I always should. I feel like I was close to getting that right that time. Yeah, mate. Uh, it's a commendable effort. 
Yeah, okay, that means I got it wrong. But I, I, I can appreciate the effort that I made. Anyway, always a delight to talk to you. Such a pleasure to have you on. We were trying to speculate what Chelsea will see on the weekend because obviously it's been an indifferent form of late after what was a bright start to the season. What are you making of the game against Spurs? Well, I hope that this week now, obviously with no um, games, that that will give us the opportunity to be refreshed and show the best of our abilities on Sunday. I do think that fatigue has played its part and has had its toll on the squad in recent weeks. And also, we've been depending on players like Callum Hudson-Odoi, like Antonio Rudiger, who arguably haven't overcome their injury woes completely either. And I think definitely that the resources of the squad has been stretched due to injuries and also due to the fact that Frank Lampard has quite consciously sort of alienated a few of the more experienced members of the squad. You look at the, the lack of participation from the likes of Olivier Giroud and Pedro. So I'm hoping that this week... Uh, has denoted the opportunity to recharge the batteries and will be fit and firing for Sunday. Is is Tammy Abraham fit and how big a part is he going to play on on the weekend if he is? Oh, he's well if he's fit he's you know he's integral to the way that we play. I think you know he he is sort of a dying breed of a centre forward so to speak sort of you know you you know best of course having Gary Lineker um, uh, score so many goals for yourself you know the fact that you have a poach in the box who's so cunning with his uh, movement with his intelligence, with his ability to read the play and get himself in advanced positions and dangerous positions. So often, you know, it's not a strike of a, a stroke of luck. It's something that um, you know is, is a, a hugely important quality and something that characterises Tammy Abraham's play. And also, I think you have to recognise his pressing ability. Um, he's such a mobile centre forward. He's so energetic, so enthusiastic, always looking to hurry and harass opponents. And that is also a, a huge component of the way we play. And um, yeah, most definitely, he's uh, so, so important to how we play. Because this is such an important game, do you think that Chelsea will see this as a, a good chance to really bounce back? Almost oh, definitely. And I think as well, I, I feel almost more upbeat about our chances of winning on Sunday because of our bad form. I mean, I know that sounds quite idiotic on the surface, but you know, the 5-3 defeat at White Hart Lane in the 2014-15 season, I was confident going into it, we lost the... The, the, the 2 0 at White Hart Lane 2016 17 season, you know, we went 13 games uh, uh, on the bounce, having won each one of those, and we're looking to set a Premier League record, of course, in that game, losing to uh, Delhi Ali's brace. And, you know, last season, you inflicted our, uh, our first league defeat of the, the campaign with a 3 1. Uh, at Wembley. So every time I felt confident going into a game against you, it seems that we lose, particularly away from home. So I'm hoping that that logic works the other way around too and uh, I'll see us win on Sunday. What's what's the impact, do you think, for the Chelsea fans on, on going to Tottenham and seeing Mourinho in charge of Tottenham? I think it must be as as, as crazy as to us as it is to you. I mean, you know, particularly from my perspective and sort of, sort of talking anecdotally, I, I'm 20 years old. You know, my, my childhood in footballing terms was spent uh, idolising this I man. Are you a Chelsea fan, fan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the inevitable uh, Colin Reserve was going to come. But, you know, I, I, you know, this is a man whom I adored like no other in footballing terms. And then, you know, going to Manchester United was strange enough in itself. Now seeing him at the helm with you is uh, is even more uh, absurd, even more crazy, even more unfathomable. It, it, I don't think it's, it's actually sunk in yet. Um, for me, it, it still seems like some sort of crazy episode. You know, the fact that we'd be saying, you know, even a couple of seasons ago that, you know, in two years' time, Frank Lampard will be managing Chelsea and Marino will be managing uh, Tottenham the stuff of dreams that uh, you're good or bad will have remained to be seen but it's uh, yeah it's hard to, to believe and hard to sort of uh, function 
One player that seems to be having a, a strange up and down season for you is Aspilicueta because he's, it, for me, he's been a fantastic defender since he mm. came into the Premier League, and I haven't particularly noticed him deteriorating. But it seems that Frank's decided that was it Reese James has been playing on the right hand side, and Aspilicueta's played a couple of games in the middle, and he's gone over to left back and things like that, and it it seems strange to to see him of all players moving around. Well, I think it's a product of his vers- uh, versatility. I think we recognise the fact, you know, when he initially signed for us back in the 2012-2013 season, he was signed initially as a right-back, and then obviously and Antonio Conte was an integral part of the squad, playing as a centre-back in that title-winning triumph in 2016-17. You know, under Mourinho, he's converted into a left-back and ousted Ashley Cole, who'd arguably been the best left-back that this league has ever seen. So I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a sign of his deterioration, rather uh, an acknowledgement of how versatile and how um, how he can uh, function um, in multiple positions. Is there any advantage for Chelsea, maybe in, in the mind game stakes, where Lampard, who works so closely under Jose, he knows how Jose maybe will approach this game, how they'll set up, so maybe Lampard will look to counter that? Um, yeah, maybe. And, you know, I think also I, I, um, Frank Lampard will be benefiting from the fact that Derby won at Old Trafford last season. So there's not that cloud, so to speak, in terms of, oh, will Frank Lampard get his first victory over Jose Mourinho? Because that's already done and dusted, so to speak. So I think from that aspect, um, it'll be interesting. And also, I think that the fact that we've been talking about sort of the Mourinho-Lampard narrative does, in, in some regards, take away the pressure from the players, particularly given the fact that we are on such a wretched run of four, you know, losing four of our last five league games, and you know we've now lost more games than uh, than Tottenham have this season in the league, and have scored, uh, conceded more goals and scored fewer goals as well. So certainly, you know, the narrative, which you know, if if, if Mourinho wasn't at the helm of you know losing um, such a, a sizable lead over Tottenham and now potentially losing it on Sunday, it becomes more dictated and more defined by. Lampard's relationship to Mourinho and hopefully that will be of, of benefit to, to the players. Well, I definitely feel like the game has got goals in. I'm not sure if you you think that, but we could see a high-scoring game. What is your score prediction? Oh, um, I'd like to be optimistic and I'd like to say 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea. Cleon, we really appreciate you coming on, giving us a little bit of your time. Always good to get you on the show and really appreciate your insight into Chelsea at the minute. So he was saying 2-1 Chelsea. It was nice to have a Wrexham fan on, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Always nice to get the three points. He was confident, but I'm, I'm not sure how confidently. Well, I think, uh, you know, when, when, when you look at uh, some of the things uh, that has gone on in the past, you know, uh, you made a really good point about kind of coming in and they were unbeaten and then we they turned up at Wembley and we, we battered them or Son took them to the cleaners, but they did have David Louise defending for them as Arsenal are now finding out. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Look, I'm confident. It is, it is a bit worrying when you're confident because actually it's a little bit like, oh, you know, I'm going to have egg on my face. But I love egg on my face. I ain't worried about it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I might change it. I'll go 4-1. 5-1 I'm going like why not come on you Spurs literally get down the lane I tell you what get down the lane if you ain't got a ticket already get yourself a ticket through, through the exchange get down the lane pack the gaff out right go on, <laughs> pack it out on Sunday and absolutely pack, pack it out on Sunday and absolutely oh. sing from the rafters because the lights are on it's going to be dark it's going to be cold and we're going to win following up that away win at Wolves we're going to go and win take them to the cleaners we'll go top four for Christmas day it's better than Christmas number one <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. You ever get a, a passionate speech like that, all you get is the hope that kills you and the hope that kills you. I'm just, I'm, literally, I can't get enough of you, Lee. Well, we do. We have come to the end of the, the, the Spurs fan show, the last one before Christmas, the last one of the year and the decade. We've already gave the score. It is Chelsea on the weekend, but I do want to hand it over to you, Free. Is there a, is there a Christmas message before you go? Yes. Get that jumper off with Danny Rose on it, for God's sake. <laughs> and never never return in it, Jamie. But no, a, a, a Christmas message of sorts. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, you know, a fantastic amount of listeners this, this year. Um, thank you so much for all the support, all the support on social media, at Lee McQueen, by the way, if you really want to follow me. Get these <laughs> followers up on these, I know. Um, but no, I mean, gen- generally, seriously, thank you so much for everything. The work that Jace puts in, Rick puts yep. in, is yeah, off the chart. Um, and, and the other boys, Jamie and Chris and... Uh, Anna as well that's doing it and uh, and, and John you know we've had some fantastic guests on as well and I I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to be part of what is becoming legendary last word on Spurs absolutely and they will see you in the new year and we will have so much more to talk about but as always thank thank you to the listeners and for getting involved they will see you in the new year Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.